0: Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. It is very exciting when God speaks. It is very, very exciting. You never know where you're going to be when God begins to speak. And, uh, you know, sometimes we like to think that God only speaks when I'm having a, a prayer time at home or God will only speak if I'm sitting here on a Sunday, but you just never know where God will speak. A, a few weeks ago, we were invited to come down to our youth camp, our highway youth camp, which of course we were excited about going, but I, I didn't arrive with any real expectation other than to uh, support and to pray for the, our young people that went And as you've heard from here before, our youth camp was fraught with all kinds of obstacles to overcome. COVID and the way that it's changed how we go about meetings and even just knowing, you know, what will next week look like, no one quite knows that. And so uh, Dan and Poppy and our team had to uh, improvise in many ways, had to deal with changes, last minute changes when the border got shut down from a speaker that was coming and and then of course um, things got postponed and then on the day of the actual camp as you probably heard all the power was out all day, all day. And then of course the rain moved in so we had a bunch of wet kids, wet tense, wet, everything soggy to the core. And our team was nothing short of outstanding and remarkable to have to work in adverse conditions to set up and to continue on in a youth camp that had just about all kinds of things against it. And so in spite of that, youth camp happened and we were invited down for opening night and while I'm standing in this youth meeting, just enjoying the atmosphere and enjoying the noise and the sounds and, you know, a bunch of young people being active and jumping up and down and praising God, in amongst all of this, God begins to speak to me. And, and I didn't know quite just what to do with that, but the Lord began to speak to me and He reminded me that I will speak anywhere. I will speak at any time, anywhere, for a heart that is open to hear and to receive. And he began to speak to me out of the life of Elijah, which, as I go through this morning, I'll touch on a few things regarding Elijah, but there was, I think, some 16 recorded miracles that Elijah the prophet had the great privilege of experiencing in his time. And of course, as his successor, Elisha, comes onto the scene later on, it's, you almost see this intertwining of, from one prophet to another. And, but this man of God, Elijah, who we'll focus on a little bit this morning, was a man who saw God move. And there is nothing more powerful than your testimony. Honestly, just tell people about what God has done in you. Just tell people about the transformation in your life. Tell God, tell people about what God is is working out in you and where you've come from and where you are today, but where you hope to be because that's what walking with God is like. But this man, Elijah, was a man who had experienced a time when he was fed by the ravens. I mean, imagine that. The, the, your bread and, and uh, meat arrives in the beak of a raven. And both morning and night, and Elijah the prophet would drink at the brook for water and so forth. So he's a man who's seen unusual things. And sometimes when God moves, it's unusual. It doesn't fit you know anything that we've gone through it doesn't always fit our box it doesn't always fit our human understanding when when God moves it usually doesn't because he's God and we're not and so Elijah is fed by these raven what ravens but uh, you know and amongst the incredible supernatural touch he has to deal with some pretty unsavory people and he has to deal with Ahab and he has to deal with Israel, I mean, God's own people are wavering between two opinions here. You know, do we serve Baal or do we serve the living God? And he's got to deal with all that that brings. And on top of that, there's a Jezebel in the mix. Yay. There's a Jezebel in the story. And of course, the prophets of God have been killed off. And you start to hear Elijah use words and language like this. And he says, I am alone and I am the only one left. And it's clear whenever a a person starts to use words like that, you know that they've been through an emotional strain time. They've been through a heavy scene. They've been through a stretch. They've been brought to the limits of themselves. And you hear Elijah, don't forget the man of God, the prophet here is talking about being isolated and abandoned. And he says, I am the only one left. And then he goes into confrontation. And he goes into a time of confrontation as he challenges. He challenges the false prophets and he says, if your God is true, then let fire come down and consume the sacrifice. And so they the ones that were following a false god called Baal. They began to call upon this god and they began to prophesy and they began to shout. And of course, no god showed up. And so they began to prophesy louder and they began to shout even louder and stronger. And still no god showed up. And so I love Elijah's next words and it says this, let it be known today that you are the God in Israel and that I have done all of these things at your command. Answer me, O Lord, and answer me so that these people will know that you, O Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. I love that, that you are turning their hearts back again. And then the fire of God fell and burned up the sacrifice. So I guess it's safe to say that Elijah's God showed up. And I want you to know that your God is showing up. I want you to know no matter what your journey is, what your challenge is, no matter what has come up against you or stands up against you today, I want you to know that your God, the true God, the real God, the living God is showing up in your story. I also want you to be reminded today that there are victories and there are victories on the other side of the challenges. True to life in the ninth century, which is where Elijah came from, there was a challenge to Elijah's convictions. There was a challenge to Elijah's faith. And I tell you, we live in a day where our faith is being challenged where our absolutes and our convictions are also in a time of challenge. Turn on the media, just watch it for half an hour and you'll see what a spirit is on the earth right now that comes to challenge the true God, the real God, the only God, the God that you've given your life to. Elijah, who they say was ranked with Moses in saving the religion of Yahweh in this century, in the ninth century, a religion that was being corrupted by falseness, false religion, false worship, false gods. And Israel didn't know which way to go. Do we go with this God or do we go with that God or where do we go with all of this? And I tell you, there's a lot of confused believers out there today saying, I don't know which way to go. But Elijah... In spite of all of that, fire shows up on the altar. In spite of all of that, he is supernaturally and powerfully fed by the ravens. And yet, even with all of that taking place, we hear wear and tear on this prophet, on this man of God. 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 3 to 9. Stay with me through six verses as we read it together. This is important, not just for a man back then. It's important for us to know today, what can God do with our weariness? It says that Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. And when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree and he sat underneath it and he prayed that he might die. He said, I have had enough. And he said, Lord, take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the tree and he fell asleep and all at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. And he looked around and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. And he ate and he drank and then he lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and he touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and he ate and he drank, strengthened by that food. He travelled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God, and there he went into a cave and he spent the night. This is the man of God. This is the prophet. And we learn four things about this man right here. Number one, we know there's fear in his life. He's afraid and he ran for his life. I wish I had a little more time to speak into that. We know he's depressed because he says, God, take my life. I want to die. I have had enough. We know that he's he's exhausted. He's weary. And the fourth thing we know that the prophet lays down and he goes to sleep. You can see the progression. You can see the pattern and you can see what he's dealing with. And I want, well, I want us today to get this into context because it matters to us. Here is a man who prayed that rain would not come on the earth for three years. This is a man who prayed a prayer like that and that prayer was answered and no rain came for three years. This is a man who prayed prayers in the wilderness and saw prayers answered. This is a man who saw a, the, a dead boy come to life. This is a man who saw the power of God, witnessed the power of God, experienced the presence of God, knew the leading of God. And yet this is the same man now that is found asleep in the desert. The same man. He travels a day's journey and we learn that he goes underneath this broom tree. If you don't know anything about broom trees, they're found in the desert. Many a traveller would sit underneath a broom tree and the reason being there's not much in a desert, number one, but these broom trees provide shade. And they provide shade from the heat of the day and then they provide heat coming up from the roots of the tree at night, keeping the person warm at night. But this weary prophet and this weary journey that he was on not just led him to a broom tree. (coughs) This journey would eventually lead him to this place called Mount Horeb or otherwise known as Sinai. Sinai. Sinai is known as the place where God speaks and I want you to know that God is taking you to the place where you will hear the voice of God. He is bringing you to your place where you will hear something from the Spirit of God that sets your feet upon the right journey and the right path no matter how weary, no matter how frustrated, no matter how depressed, no matter how distracted, no matter where you've been or where you are right now, the goodness of God comes to speak to His own people so that we will hear and we will go. And He leads Elijah to this place where Elijah hears his voice. See, our journeys might look different. We could Give our stories and one journey, one story will be vastly different from another, but we find here our tendencies to fall asleep. We find here that we've all got a vulnerability, a weakness, an Achilles heel, to find ourselves a broom tree and to go to sleep. But I also want you to know no matter what your broom tree looks like, and I think I've been there once or twice or maybe more, no matter what your broom tree looks like, the goodness of God says, I won't leave you there. My price, my son, has paid too high a price to leave you asleep and to leave you dying underneath a broom tree, one where one, whatever that broom tree looks like. The price has been paid and it's too high, too expensive to leave you under your broom tree. But it was under the same broom tree as the prophets asleep that the provision of God comes. Let's touch on that. 1 Kings 19.5 says, All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. And he ate and he drank and then he laid down again and went back to sleep. How is it that after a mighty visitation, why is it that after a touch from God, why is it that after a powerful altar call or a powerful meeting or a, an incredible prayer that's been prayed over us or someone's laid hands on us or a prophetic word has come or we've opened up our Bibles and some word has leapt off the page and that's mine, that's mine, I'm taking it moment? That after a visitation, That we can eat the food, we can enjoy the food and still go back to sleep. What is in us that has that tendency to do that? In 1 Kings 19, 7 through to 9, it says that the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up, he ate, and he drank. And strengthened by that food. He traveled 40 days and nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and he spent the night. And I want us to take a second or two and think about that food in verse 8 that food. It wasn't just any food, it was that food. And it says that Elijah was strengthened by that food. It was the food that kept Elijah on the journey for another 40 days and 40 nights. It was that food that brought strength back to his bones. It was that food that caused Elijah to rise again. It was that food that sustained him. It was that food that healed his heart. It was that food that restored his soul. It was that food that gave him hope and courage for the journey ahead. And it was that food that finally caused his journey to continue until Elisha was met for his future. It was that food... That food is the food that keeps you and I on the road, on the path. It's the food of His Word. It's the food that keeps us wanting to never forsake the assembling together of ourselves. It's the food that has us in a habit of worship and of praise and of surrender and of repentance. It is that food that humbles our heart because it reads our hearts, our stories, our lives. It is that food that is health and life to all of our flesh. And it's that food that keeps us us strong in adverse times. Elijah ate that food. Jesus said, I've got food that you know nothing about. He says, There are things in my kingdom that you know nothing about, but when God gives you that food, we know that Elijah ate and enjoyed the food and was helped and encouraged and strengthened by that food. And yet still he went back to sleep. And it shows me as I read these verses that we can take, we can receive, we can be blessed, we can be ministered to, we can take that food and we ourselves can still fall asleep. But we also learned here that the time came where Elijah ate the food, and I'll talk about that in a moment. We've got to do something with what we've received. If all we do is ever eat, hear, listen, eat, 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 but we never do anything with it, then we will never stand and we'll never arise, we'll never walk and we'll never get to where God wants to take us. We know that the Scriptures tell us very clearly that faith without works is dead. It goes nowhere. We can eat today. We can enjoy today. We can be blessed today. We can hear something today. But if all we do is eat, then that's all we've done. It also speaks here about the journey. And the Scripture says that your journey is too big. It's too big for us to do it on our own. It's too big for us to do it on our own understanding. Our journey is too big to do it without His help, without His grace, without His provision or guidance, guidance, without His direction, His peace or His presence. He says that my mercy is fresh every single day. That's why today is so important. His mercy is new every single day. His Word tells us that there is a fountain that never runs dry. It's food for our souls and it comes to open, receptive, willing hearts to receive, to eat. Our journey is too big to do it without God. Don't even try. Been there, done that, it's horrible. But a second time, we see the angel turning up. And I see grace all over this. I see grace and mercy all over this that God would bother to send an angel to us a second time and in many cases, more times than that. And it shows us his grace and his love and his commitment and long suffering and patience toward us that he is willing to come back to us a second time. The first time around, we know Elijah takes and enjoys, but he doesn't do anything with it, and he goes back to sleep. And I don't know about you, but I put up both hands and say, God, I am guilty. I don't know what your broom tree looks like. Maybe it looks like the couch. Maybe it looks like Netflix. Maybe it looks like your bedroom with the door closed. Do not disturb. I don't know what your broom tree looks like. Maybe it's overdoing something. Maybe it's not facing truth and reality. Maybe it's not dealing with stuff. Maybe it's avoidance. I don't know what your broom tree looks like, but I think I've found a few along the journey. And I've enjoyed, like you have, the blessings and the benefits of God and still found a broom tree or two. And Elijah uses these words and he says, I've had enough. I've had enough. Whenever anyone says, I've had enough, usually means, I'm at the end of this, I have had enough. And that's the place that he's in. And maybe you've come into this meeting today and maybe you're in that place. You may not have verbalised it like Elijah has and we know he must have because it's written in our Bibles. So he's under his broom tree saying, I have had enough. Maybe you're in that place today. You've reached the end of that road. And then we see God's undertaking and God's intervention. And I want you to know God loves you too much to leave you wherever that place is for you. And the angel comes and he says, arise and eat. Arise and eat. Team, can I have you back, please? He says, arise and eat. Get up and eat for the journey is too big for you. It's too long for you to do it any other way other than with my provision and what I've given you for the journey ahead. Arise and eat. And we learn here that our human tendencies are to eat but not always to arise. Our human tendencies will have us eating but not always doing the journey and following through. And I don't know what that looks like for you, but... I do know what it looked like for Elijah, and I do know what it's looked like for me across the way. I do know this, that when the disciples walk with Jesus, many Hebrew scholars talk about it in this way, and it's a beautiful picture. It's a a beautiful, uh, you know, just picture in your minds as you think about it. As Jesus walked, they talk about the dust that got off Jesus' shoes and got onto the disciples. Whenever someone else's dust gets on you, then you've been walking closely enough for that dust to get on you. And that's a beautiful picture of Jesus and His disciples. And I wonder what dust is on our shoes today. Is it the dust of stuff that, I've got to get this dust off me. I can't wear that dust anymore. I will not get close enough to that dust. But that close proximity of the presence of God and hearing His voice and knowing His Word, walking closely with Him in His Word so that His Word is in us. I'm happy for that dust to be on my shoes. If worshipping Him at home or in this corporate room like this, or wherever your place of connecting with a holy God, I'm happy for that dust to be on my shoes. If putting something right in my life that just needs to be, just needs to be made right. I was listening to a lady who was dying of liver cancer just the other day. And she said, you know, that's a heavy duty thing when you're told that you've literally got a matter of weeks to live. And she said, one of the things that the Holy Spirit spoke to me about was write a letter to everyone that I've offended and everyone that I've done wrong by and ask them to forgive me. She said, there were things I just had to get right. There's things I just had to put right because I wanted my heart clean. See, allowing the master's dust to get on us, if you're really willing to go there, he'll speak to you. He'll speak to us. He'll show us how to do the journey well and how to do it right. But the scripture says here arise and eat, come out from the broom tree and do the journey. And I know that when the Holy Spirit spoke to me, I I knew that. He was speaking to me, obviously, about some things that I had to sort out, but I believe He's speaking to many others in this room right now, and many others perhaps at home that will watch us. Because we've all got a broom tree that we wanna retreat to. And it's that place where I don't wanna be so exposed and so vulnerable. It's that place where I can nurse and rehearse my hurts for a bit longer. It's that place of wounding where your soul gets wounded and yet I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit say, Arise and eat and do your journey and do the journey that I've called and equipped you to do the journey cuz i up somewhere up the road is an elisha that is in your journey that elisha might be a son that elisha might be a daughter in your story that elisha might be something that god's putting in your hands for the days ahead i don't know what elisha looks like but i do know that our journey is not done and i want us to take a moment <clears throat> in a service like this And I know our time is gone and I know our online family are going to leave us in a minute or two. But before you do, I want you to think about this message. I want you to think about where your life is at, where your heart is at. And I'm gonna ask the team to go back to that song, Lana, that I asked you to do before. Because I don't want to have a meeting like this and it be wasted. I don't want to have the words in God's pages wasted and that we don't hear, we don't do anything with it because the broom tree has got no future in it. There's no future in us existing under a broom tree, but there is a future in you taking what Jesus is giving you even today. And these words are simply this. I've taken a long way around to say, arise and eat. If all you remember today is broom trees and arise and eat, then we're going home with something. But I want you to take a moment, if you would, and just stand to your feet and invite the Holy Spirit to come and speak to you as we just take a couple of minutes more. And this is your moment of connection with the Lord. This is your moment, your moment to say, God, what does the journey look like? I will take of your provision and say, I'm coming out from under the broom tree. I will no longer go back there. I'm going to leave it to the team to lead us for another couple of minutes and then we're going to pray.